Hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sunny D. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. Also, want to th- uh, thank you for the continued and growing support here on the Seems Legit Podcast. If you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sunny D. Whew. So I am the big 3-2. I don't know if it is a big number or not. Uh, and I use air quotes there when I talk about it. But feels big, 32 now. I think the thing when you hit certain milestone ages, you truly feel entrenched in that decade of your life. So, it, you know, you hit 31, you're like, eh, you still kind of feel early 30s, still barely 30. By 32, you're well into your fucking 30s. So uh, I'm there now uh, in my 30s. And it, it's an interesting feeling because I had watched, I think, something somebody had posted on Instagram a, a couple years ago or whatever it was. And uh, it very well could have been uh, my buddy Mitch Calvert over at Mitch Calvert Fitness who did this. And the whole thing that he said was that, yes, he's in better shape now in his 30s than he was in his 20s and plans to continue that moving forward. And I know I've talked about that a little bit on the podcast. And yes, while it does seem that, yes, of course there are ages when we truly are at our peak, you can still push harder as we get older and almost, yeah, get in better shape. There is that, you know, muscle maturity, for instance, being just, you know, bigger, stronger, more developed, uh, better endurance muscles as you get older, especially if you had gotten into a weightlifting habit in those late teen and 20s, then you find that, yeah, you know, your strength carries over. And as I like to call it, kind of having grown-up strength now, almost dad strength now, uh, you know, where things just, you know, you just get through it. Um, but also I contribute a lot of that, too, is that, you know, last fall decision to be like, all right, look, let's look in the mirror here. You know, your health isn't the greatest. I'm not, I, I don't, you know, as I've talked about on the podcast before, it wasn't that it was horrible. Uh, just there was something, you know, relatively uh, interesting going on. So I had to, and basically I was told, get in better shape, lose some weight. And it all goes away. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. So doing that, but it wasn't just about losing weight for me. I didn't want it to just be about number. I truly took it as, let's use this as an opportunity to really get back in shape. And it was something that I had lost for a few years there. It's amazing, right? You can have a decade of good behaviors, a year or two of bad behaviors, and then boom, your body changes. And that's kind of what happened to me, right? I was always one, I liked going to the gym. I played sports all of that, then, you know, you get kind of lazy, it's sedentary, you put on some weight and you fall drastically out of shape. So I said, you know what, I don't want to get back to the shape I was before, you know, I kind of let my uh, shape, so to speak, get out of hand. It was, I want to be better than that. Now, I want to kind of almost make up ground here. So that's kind of what it is for me. And as I look at, you know, different sports, you know, I, my buddy Nick and I wanted to get into, uh, and Jess, wanting to get into, uh, you know, maybe some fall, uh, fall and winter sports, you know, team sports, uh, very fun, that kind of thing. Just some rec leagues, rec league sports, maybe floor hockey, maybe indoor soccer, whatever it might be. Something that kind of gets you out and competing again, but those kind of burnt calories that you can't really measure, right? Because I know, for instance, playing hockey or doing other sports, you know, you still have that burn when you go and sit down on the bench, when you get your rest between sets, playing tennis, whatever it might be. So it's that thing you just can't replicate in the gym, that exercise and fitness level, you just can't replicate. And, I was, and I've talked about that, 
that idea of game shape, right? Competition shape. And that you can do all the training you want to, you know, lifting weights, the running on the treadmill, the snare master, the arm bike, all of that. I can do as many pull-ups as I want, but it's a very different approach um, and a different sensation, feeling, and kind of training than actually going out and doing the activity. You know, you're trained to be in a good shape so that when you start skating again for the season, absolutely you're in better shape. Uh, so it's one of those things, especially now as winter is approaching, skating is something that's very dear to me, something I grew up doing. And last winter, I was really able to finally get back into it again. So I'm hoping to build on that this coming year, uh, getting in better shape. Uh, I've talked about one of the sports that I always kind of, my kind of could have, should have, would have, is uh, cross-ice downhill. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with that, that would be Red Bull crashed ice. So maybe this old guy now. You know, it's funny because you, you know you're kind of getting old when you refer to the other people that aren't that much or that are in their 20s as the kids, right? I remember, you know, I was talking about that a couple of summers ago. I was down in Vegas, and I was saying to myself, and I was telling uh, Jess, I was like, man, these kids at the table. And it's like, well, who are you talking about these kids? Like, you're not that old. And I'm like, so, you know, it's just, it's a mental thing, right? But with every year as I've found, as I've gotten older, the more you learn and process and develop and all of that grows exponentially. So very interesting there and, and that approach. So now, yeah, maybe this old guy's got, uh, you know, a cross-ice downhill pushing him. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But, you know, it gives you something to kind of train for, something to get in shape for. So that's really, really exciting to me uh, personally is just doing that. So now that I've kind of gotten really back into that kind of training mode, you know, you push yourself which is a little different than just, you know, simply going and working out, whether it be for sex or whatever, is that idea of, you know, that functional training, right? You're doing training to build specific, you know, resilience or strength or endurance to do certain activities. Uh, and that's why I'm such a big proponent, for instance, of interchanging, uh, doing Stairmaster and, and running on the treadmill. Just to develop those different muscles in my legs, build up that endurance. I find the Stairmaster is a, is a great way of kind of just getting a strength workout and an endurance workout in my legs. Arm bike, again, for me, it's that upper body. It's that pushing yourself. So you're constantly going and pedaling, you know, for or, or winding. I, I don't know what term to use there. You know, and I, you know, for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 10 minutes, 50 minutes, 40 minutes, which is, you know, it's a different type of workout. Uh, and just sitting there lifting weight. And there's nothing wrong with that because you have to do that too, right? So going through all these things, you know, it's, it's always a years and years process getting in shape. So uh, right now it's, it's about, as I said, focusing that, uh, putting that towards that, and really getting into really good uh, shape. And I also think too now as I'm settling down more in my life, uh, you know, it just says, you know, thinking more of a we rather than a me, uh, it, those are certain things I want to be able to pass down to any future kids and even, you know, Littlefoot. It's very important to me that we um, pass down those good habits. And I want them to see that, right? That you're never too old to be trained to putting in that work. You know, I want them to see that. And uh, so that's, that's very important to me. And again, it goes back to that, those kind of things, that process and routines, right? Your day is built on process and routine. So if you can make things like finding the time to exercise, and however that exercise looks, getting the most out of that time. I know if I'm time crunched, yes, going on the stairmaster and the arm bike is very effective for me because I'm getting that upper body lower workout uh, and that endurance and cardio training as well. You build a good sweat, sweating's good for you. 
Uh, and I just like going to the gym. I find when I can get in a good workout, it just it, it clears my mind. I have a lot of things. I'm someone that packs on a lot of stress. Uh, so I do find a little bit that, yeah, that does help, right? You go, you just focus on the exercise. For me, I put on a movie or a TV show on Netflix. Go do my, do my workout. And you're just kind of happier and better for it, I find. Uh, so, and then, you know, of course, I like to go and have the steam and shower afterwards. Then you kind of come out refreshed, ready to do your next thing. And I mean, for me, as I divide my day between, you know, kind of, you know, family care and the work and the grind aspect, it's, you know, you kind of have that part of your day that you grind, you know, you do your work, you do your grind, whatever it might be, go to the gym, get refreshed, come back. Now it's, you know, it's a little more kind of a more fun stuff, whether I want to go out now and chop wood for fun just to get some more exercise or cooking, those kind of things, planning, uh, looking at things that aren't kind of in the task, immediate, you know, grind type of stuff. It's, uh, it, it kind of divides up my day nicely, and I do uh, have a certain appreciation for that. So that's kind of that. Uh, birthday party was on the weekend, and I'm very thankful to everybody who was able to make it. We had a wonderful time. Uh, we did things a little differently this year. Um, Jess had asked, you know, she kind of said, oh, let's do something, let's do something for your birthday. And I didn't really know what to do. And I said, why don't we have everybody over? We can have some feasts. I'll cook for everybody. And uh, she's like, well, what do you want for your birthday? And it is true, I think. You hit an age where material, unless you have a need for something, right? Oh, I, I need new guitar strings, which in hindsight, we'll get to that. Uh, that would have actually been a fairly good gift to receive we i said i'd really like to have a keg of beer uh so that's why if you check out my instagram you'll see some pictures uh with a beer keg and it's because that's what we did we uh we got a keg uh beer keg of one of my favorite uh beers uh belgian esprit from one great city brewery here in winnipeg thank you guys again so much for the beer it was wonderful uh and i just thought you know let's do something like that kind of like a nice appreciation um of things and i find too, especially as you get older, birthday and birthday parties usually mean going out. Uh, we're getting into the fall. It is the holiday season. Uh, I know uh, one of our guests, she's pregnant. She's expecting a child. To go out and do, you know, a fancy dinner out somewhere, I thought, you know what? I'm a pretty good cook. Uh, you know, I'm very confident in my abilities in the kitchen. Uh, and it's because, again, I put in the work uh, and studied it and, and, and gotten really good at it. And this isn't just something new. It's so it's a lifelong process, right? And I've been very blessed uh, and fortunate to have had some of the experiences, meet some of the people I have, and for that to kind of be one of the talents I have is in the kitchen. And uh, we'll get into that in another episode, but I was saying, you know, how do I, if I was to relate my abilities in the overall scheme of cooking uh, and spectrum of cooking, where do I see myself? And I consider myself, if you were to use kind of a martial arts reference and like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu style reference uh, where the belt system is white, blue, purple, brown, black, and then you have the red and black and then the red belt, um, forgetting those other ones beyond black belt, uh, because I always thought, or at least my kind of take on that when it comes to martial arts, has always been, what is it kind of enough enough in terms of belt? And in terms of rankings, right? I mean, even in academics and in in, in your education, right? There's you know there's a kind of structure to where you go, right? You know, bachelor's, master's, doctorate. 
you know, I don't know that you need hyper doctorates or super doctorates. I think you can get additional doctorates if you want. But there's no need to rank above a doctorate, for instance. So I just kind of always felt, let's keep it simple. Let's eliminate some of maybe the unnecessary uh, belts, so to speak. And especially this is, since this is my kind of belt ranking and undertaking. And I'm not trying to devalue the, those other above black belt rankings. Not at all. Not at all. Because they, you know, you put years into study and mastery of something, absolutely there should be recognition. But let's keep it simple. Let's keep it from white, blue, purple, brown, black. Black to me is kind of that highest achievement. I mean, if you were going to have a red belt even beyond that ability, and I think you need to have such a broad an overall understanding of food, of cooking, of techniques, um, you know, innovation, everything, that we've had those in our, you know, that have existed, but that's truly far, few and far in between. And at a certain point, you kind of take that next step to down to the black belt. And those are your chefs, your accomplished, recognized chefs, uh, in my opinion, uh, even in that those rankings, yes, not all black belts are considered equal, right? In any martial art, not all brown belts, or I know once you get into other martial arts, there's way more belts than that. There's you know yellow and purple and brown um, and orange, I think, and green and red and all of these other ones. But they like said I'm using a simple analogy here, a simple comparison, and not all black belts are going to be created equally, and they're not designed to be created equally because it's recognizing you've gotten to that level, right? It's no different than, yes, even in the UFC, you watch this guy's a black belt, this guy's a black belt, and maybe yeah, there are degrees of black belt within cooking. Uh, but, you know, a first, you know, are there sometimes some first degree black belts that submit a second degree? Of course. Are there brown belts that submit black belts? Of course. It happens. Um, I think the most, one of the most famous ones in the UFC was uh, actually Frank Mir when he beat Roberto Traverne who was, I think, a fifth-degree black belt at the time in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and Frank Mir caught him in an armbar. I think he might have even broken his arm, or he used his shoulder lock, a.k.a. affectionately named the Mir lock. Uh, to be honest, I forget which of those two submissions he'd used. Um, but regardless, uh, that's how he got his black belt, being a brown belt that submitted a black belt. It happened. Eddie Bravo famously defeated and submitted uh, Hoyler Gracie at Abu Dhabi Combat Championship Submission Grappling back in the early 2000s, maybe 90s, uh, or late 90s, somewhere in that range. It happens. And yes, are there sometimes one chef performs better, one cook in the grand scheme of things? Yes. So that's what I mean by, yeah, keep it simple. But yeah, there are levels to the game, and even within the different levels, there are levels there. Where I see myself personally is at that brown belt level. Uh, I think I have phenomenal technical and cooking abilities. Uh, I don't think that can really, I think I can produce food at a very high level. Um, and yes, can I, and that would mean, yes, are there black belts? Yes, I can produce a, a meal at that level. Yes, that, could I beat them in a head-to-head -head competition? Sure. Uh, but in terms of the overall knowledge and mastery of a variety of cooking um, techniques and stuff, I would say I'm on that cusp, that verge uh, between brown and maybe first and, and black belt right there. Personally. Maybe that is me tooting my own horn, but I think my food speaks for itself, and I've demonstrated cooking across a variety of techniques, cuisines, 
uh, everything. And that's why I feel confident in saying that. It's just, I try to establish that, yes, there can be jumps to the next level. And you can be excellent one, that's great. And there's a lot of, and, and as I said, I love imparting my knowledge, right? And part of that at that brown belt level is imparting your knowledge back, right? It, it is being able to teach. Do so I consider myself able to teach? Yes. Yes, I do. Can I recognize better cooks than myself? Yes, I can. Do I acknowledge better cooks than myself? Absolutely. It's part of life. But that's where I consider myself. I know that was a bit of a tangent, but it relates to the story of the party. So anyway, I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let me go and cook. Uh, for everybody, we'll make a nice feast. There'll be food I want to eat. Uh, so we did that, cooked, everybody, uh, you know, great time, uh, a lot of people left with leftovers, which was my goal, and people were able to stay longer, we had the keg, we had wine, and then there's that financial pressure, right, so if I'm going out with my for my birthday, even if I'm going out, I might still pay for something, or as part of the birthday celebration, we all, as we get older, we kind of celebrate our birthdays over a few days, there would have been a time I might have taken, a, you know, I could have, for instance, Yes, over the course of that weekend, could I have gone out on a date with Jessica? She might have paid one night. We might have gone on a second date. I might have paid that same that next night. Between those two, we might have actually spent the exact same amount of money going out as it was for us to provide food and eat. And uh, so that money, if it's going to be spent anyway, I just look at it always as if you're going to spend that money, let's try and spend it more efficiently and effectively. So we did that. We had a great time. It was wonderful. So I'm very thankful to everybody that come, came. It was a huge success. And, uh, you know, I, I give a lot of credit. Uh, my friend Nick came out, helped me get re uh, helped uh, with the food, uh, helped get ready. He was a great sous chef. So thanks, Nick. I do appreciate that. Uh, I shouldn't say sous chef, but sous cook, I guess. Uh, Jess was phenomenal as a great uh, help in getting ready and just the logistics of the party. Uh, my mom was fantastic. She helped me a ton in terms of going and getting things for me, helping me uh, get ready, helping me uh, set up my house for the party, all of that. So value of credit where credit is due. Without them, I was nothing and uh, truly in this process uh, am nothing. And you're always as good as the people around you and that you surround yourself with. And even when it comes to individual activities or endeavors, that still applies very much in uh, in your everyday life, in my opinion. Uh, those that are around you are very important to the overall mission and goals being accomplished. And so, again, thank you to them. But it was a good time, good party. Very thankful to everybody that came. That came. I'm all over the place here. Maybe I'm talking a little fast today. I don't know. Feeling very energized. I've been doing a lot today. I've been quite productive. Uh, so. Maybe I'm just feeling a little over-energized. I also haven't done an episode in a while, so uh, excited to do it. And that's even something I've talked about as well on the podcast, right? In terms of pacing yourself. You don't want things to become stale. You don't want, you know, you want to challenge and enjoy what you're doing in life. And uh, so for me, that's a big part of it as well. So try to stay fresh and keep the energy levels high here on the Seems Legit podcast. So, yeah, so just recapping that. So, 32, uh, and uh, as I said, we're into the fall now. We did a fall cleanup the weekend before that. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. As you're cleaning, there's two things I've realized when you're cleaning out your house. A, how much crap you have, and B, how much crap you've gotten rid of once the process is over, and C, how much crap you still could get rid of. And I've talked about that in the past. And when you, 
I believe what happens when you spend on certain things like trinkets and whatever it might be, you pay something, so you hope that there's a value to it. And some things do carry value. Some, some things do grow in value or appreciate, if you want to use a fancier word. But regardless, you do have this idea and concept of, in, your, in our heads, we all get it, of, yeah, this will be worth something someday. Or, oh, I don't want to get rid of this. It's worth something. I talked about this when I talked about the, my fall cleanup. But at the end of the day, either you have to get the money for it if it's valuable. It has to be something that's worth just having and looking at. Or you have to part ways with it. Otherwise, that's how you end up cluttering. And my house is incredibly cluttered uh, with all kinds of stuff. So we decluttered significantly. Uh, so now we can set kind of new almost bars, if you would, of clutter level and uh, declutter level and just not having the house get cluttered again. That's a big, big, big uh, part of things. And uh, so being able to do that's very important. And I've talked about that too. I think it's also healthy in a way to do away with things, right? To every so often say, you know what? And like you look at your clothes, for instance, just because it fits doesn't mean you're wearing it or are going to wear it. And I was guilty of keeping a lot of clothes that, oh, they fit, so therefore I'm keeping it. No. And so getting rid of a lot of clothes, even things, you know, especially if you can give it away in a way that'll help people and that the less fortunate you that's a great way. And sometimes, you know what, even just, throw, you know, whatever it might be, but the ability to purge yourself of the old and unused is very important, I think, in our lives. And I mean, even as we grow older, right, and we look at how many people we might have been friends with when we were younger, you know, we look at our friendship group from high school and be like, oh my God, you know, there's all of us. And then as you go, you know, like how many people do I keep in touch with, right? And and I know because I have friends who have their close group of friends, and it's the same group of friends they've had since high school. I know, like Jess and I've known each other for forever, but we've gone parts of our lives apart. Uh, pardon me here, I'm just getting all apart. So I'm gonna have a little bit of water, but yeah, do I have friends that I keep in touch with from high school? Absolutely, that I consider close friends. Absolutely. Um, most of my absolute inner circle I've met kind of in my university years. But again, those are friends now that I've had for well over a decade. Uh, you know, my buddy Nick uh, being my best friend and all, he has been my best friend for over a decade. You know, I think we met when I was 20. You know, 12 years of being my best friend. That's pretty incredible, right? And I look at, was there anybody at any other point in my life that occupied that spot for as long? No. Right? Are there people that I see that I went to school with or that I'm social? Absolutely. I'm happy to see them, whatever. Do we keep in regular contact? No. That happens. That's part of aging. And sometimes that's how the relationships evolve in our life. You know, I remember when I had, had an old Facebook account and, you know, you it's a battle between everybody you know to see who has more Facebook friends. And, oh, you have 300, I have 400, I have 500, right? Whatever it was, right? And you see, oh my God, that person has a 900 Facebook friends. Wow. I think now when I look at my current Facebook account, I think I'm less than 100. I might have 50 friends. I don't know. Whatever it is. Uh, but it's important to me, right, that those are people I'm close to. Those are people I keep in touch with. Those are people I talk to on a semi-regular basis. 
uh, people that fit into my life. And it's not, and, and there are people too that I would, might have been close with years ago that if I saw in the, in the mall, we might not even say anything to each other. And that's fine. I don't take that as a personal dig. That's just, you know, what do you say? Hey, nice to see you, right? That's really kind of the most you might have in each other's lives now. So it's understanding that no different with objects kind of in your life. You kind of look at it and you're like, what the fuck is that thing still doing here? You know, what the fuck? You have other times where you're like, oh, that's kind of, you know, that is kind of cool. And you find something, you're like, okay, that comes up one right now. We can get rid of some of this other crap. Where I was going with this and why I said the guitar strings would have been an interesting birthday present uh, was uh, one of the things we found in the cleaning out of my basement uh, was an old guitar. So that was kind of neat uh, to find that. So I've got this old guitar, this vintage guitar that I uh, had kept. It actually belonged to my uncle. And I guess it was kept for me whatever maybe he wanted it for himself i don't know i don't know if he was big into playing guitar i know he was big into rock and roll right so you pick up and you try to learn something and uh, i just don't know regardless i'm happy because i have this guitar that's clearly from like the 70s right so that's kind of uh wicked to find and so i just got to restring it now and i'm kind of excited really to play that as i've said as a guitarist myself um, i love guitar because it's a way of expressing yourself in a way that sometimes words just can't do I mean, that, that's any form of music, right? And it's also just, it's a neat skill set. And I find it very relaxing to me. I can just kind of put aside everything, pick up my guitar, play a little bit. Whether it's something complicated, whether it's just, you know, playing, you know, some scales, whether it's just kind of farting around, uh, soloing to myself, whatever it might be, trying to learn some new techniques, all of these things, uh, I find it a very relaxing and soothing process. So... And I'm sure we all have those little things in our life. Some people take up knitting. Uh, I've heard a popular trend, actually, and I know, you know, I try and it is actually very relaxing, is coloring even as a fucking adult. I do find that relaxing. I've talked about that at the gym. But anyway, uh, that's where kind of things are going, uh, kind of over the last little bit. That's where things have been. Uh, reorganizing kind of my workspace. Uh, you know, I had to, you know, just cleaning out my desk. Uh, going through old stuff there, getting rid of it. Um, so just a just an overall process, like a cleansing process, so to speak, right? Because by old stuff, I mean I had, you know, old like notes from university, right? Still buried from a course that I wasn't that keen on back then. I knew wasn't going to play an active role in my life. Got rid of it. You know, those kind of things you have to get rid of. My old high school notes, I can't believe I still had those. But they got to go. That's reality. They've just got to go. So doing that was uh, very important. And uh, as I said, very cleansing, very healthy, very much needed. Uh, so, yeah, did that. And uh, feel better for it. And that, yeah, that's kind of where things are at right now. It is the fall time. So I just, as I've said before, too, Fall is kind of interesting because it's kind of that start to the new season of your life, or at least that's how I've always viewed it. So I'm really excited uh, for that, kind of, you know, see where this next season goes. Uh, and, you know, as I said, I have goals, ambitions, so trying to make those things happen. And as building upon routines, uh, processes, all of those kind of things are super important. 
Uh, speaking of one of those routines and processes, I'm going to make lunch now. So I uh, do thank you guys all so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit podcast. Uh, as I've said before, and I remind you again, if you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the Dude Sunny D. Thank you so much. Take care and bye-bye for now.